President Donald Trump has suggested bolstering U.S. military presence at the Canada-U.S. border to help guards in their attempts to catch irregulars attempting to make the move south. Here now to chat more about this is Assistant Professor of International Relations at University of Victoria, Will Greaves. Will, how you doing? I'm hanging in there, Jeff. Thanks. How are you? No, I'm trying my best to do the same. That's all we can do at this point. Um, right. So, well, just an initial reaction here. Um, you know, were you surprised to hear this? I mean, I was shocked when I heard that there was even the potential of, of U.S. military presence along the Canada-U.S. border. I mean, it's only less than 1,000 troops, they're saying, at this point. But nonetheless, I mean, this is just a bizarre move. How, how did you interpret this? My initial reaction was surprise, followed very quickly by a lack of surprise. Um, you know, when I stopped and thought about it for a moment, uh, obviously it is a fairly unprecedented kind of move. Uh, it would be, I think, an extremely damaging one, but it, it actually isn't very surprising coming from this administration and also perhaps coming at this particular point in time. You know, I think it's a pretty clear-cut example of misdirection, frankly. It's an attempt to change the channel. It's an attempt to um, pivot to a storyline that the White House things plays better for it in the public eye and to distract a little bit from uh, what everybody's talking about, which is obviously the, the coronavirus pandemic. And I suppose when you when you put it in that context and say, it, you know, it looks like a distraction more than anything else, I, I guess I can understand it. But when we're talking about, like, one of the, the borders in the world that has had the longest, um, you know, absence of military presence to all of a sudden think about putting them there, it's, it's just a, a, a move I can't wrap my head around about why you would want to go and, and basically potentially damage a relationship that has been so strong for so long. Well, I think so. The first thing to note is that as of this morning, uh, I read just in the in the you know journalism that uh, the White House has withdrawn the proposal. So they do seem to have actually backed off in the face of uh, very forceful criticism from the government of Canada. Uh, although I'm sure there were lots of other actors and lots of other voices within the U.S. government itself that were also just suggesting pretty straightforwardly that this is a bad idea. So uh, I think that's good news. I think it's really um, encouraging actually to have seen uh, a quick reversal on this point. Uh, but to your you know, your observation, I think, is, is right on the money. We're talking about 150 years now of a demilitarized border between Canada and the United States. So going back to 1871, um, not a border that is, of course, completely undefended, as we sometimes hear. It's a, it's a border that's secured. It's a border that is well managed. It's certainly a border um, that is under a lot of surveillance and a lot of observation. Um, but it's a demilitarized border. And, of course, it's the longest bilateral border in the world. So that is a big deal. And it's 150 years in the making. And so, um, unfortunately, I mean, I don't, I don't know how else to put it, really, but there, there's a lack of respect for long-standing institutions and important social and political institutions uh, in the current administration. And so, you know, they've attacked uh, all manner of other institutions and partnerships and alliances and, and countries. Canada has not been immune to that. We've seen already a number of different, you know, examples of... Um, I would say undiplomatic language from the president uh, of policies undertaken by uh, the Trump administration that are extraordinarily damaging to Canada, you know, to the tunes of billions and billions of dollars of economic losses uh, because of the tariffs that were imposed on Canadian steel and aluminum uh, exports to the United States. The threat of ripping up NAFTA um, was, a, was a terrible threat to the Canadian economy, uh, one that it looks like we've managed to avoid, but, but only just barely, and uh, it hasn't actually been ratified yet. So you know, but stay tuned. So in that sense, unfortunately, this is more of what we've become accustomed to from the White House, which is a complete disregard for American friends and partners, um, a kind of willful, aggressive assertion of this America first idea, um, but in a way that ultimately just harms everybody involved. 
Um, not a lot of time left here, Will, but uh, do you have any fear when you're hearing, you know, I mean, this was a proposal from the president that you said has now, you know, been withdrawn, but, you know, even just hearing other comments like talking about opening things up by Easter and, and you know, ridiculous timelines like that. I mean, do you have a, do you have a fear of what, uh, you know, what could play out here south of the border? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think that there's a lot of real concern. There was already concern about what was playing out south of the border before the pandemic hit. And this has been such a wild card and is such a, an extraordinary development because it, it just heaps fuel onto an existing fire, um, but in a really volatile and unpredictable way. So, uh, you know, a couple of thoughts that spring to mind, obviously, is how the pandemic and the social distancing and the you know economic impacts will affect the U.S. election is a huge concern. We're already seeing it ripple out in the democratic primary process. Um, but I don't think anybody should be under illu- any illusions that if this president sees an opportunity to advantage himself politically um, up to and including uh, altering or postponing or in some way tampering with the, the scheduled election in November, that this president will take that. He will take advantage of any opportunity that he's given to try to secure his, old, his own hold on power since, I mean, it, it's always worth remembering in 2016, this is the, the weakest electoral victory of an American president in history, right? There was no landslide for Donald Trump. There was an incredibly narrow victory eked out with the tiniest of margins, and we know he lost the popular vote. So this is a president who's very fearful for his re-election prospects, and in that context, will absolutely put his thumb on the scales if he's given the opportunity. And that includes, you know, inflaming an artificial fear of irregular coronavirus-infected border crossers coming over from Canada. I don't believe there's any evidence to support that that's a real issue whatsoever. And in fact, when you look at the numbers, there have been more than 50,000 irregular border crossers from the United States into Canada in the last three years, and somewhere in the neighborhood of 1,500 coming from Canada into the United States. Mm -hmm. So this is a completely artificial issue from the perspective of whether or not there are people actually coming into the United States across the northern border. It's a tiny, tiny number of people, and far, far smaller than the number of people that Canada has had to deal with who are fleeing or otherwise coming through the United States. So there's no substantive, you know, policy-based rationale for this. This is entirely about politics, it's entirely about theater, and it's entirely about the Trump administration trying to triangulate the best way to eke out another victory in November when, in the light of the pandemic, you know, on top of everything else, the prospects of that are not great. Yeah, it's uh, interesting times that we live in here, Will. Well, thank you so much for your time. I I love your insights, so thank you so much for taking the time to come on and speak to me, and uh, hopefully we'll catch up in the not-too-distant future. Thanks so much. Always a a pleasure, Jeff. Thanks a lot. Awesome. That was uh, Will Greaves, Assistant Professor of International Relations at the University of Victoria.